When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about about it. it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much once again for listening to the world's only Sopranos podcast. Give us five stars and a review on the, uh, you know, Apple iTunes store, the podcast app. Uh, and also on uh, Spotify, you can do that. Um, you know, just give stars. They don't allow reviews, but uh, stars would be nice because uh, Vince loves it. That's mm-hmm. why I mention it before every episode. Um, uh, just real quick, I just want to uh, shout out some of our our, our top people who uh, on Patreon who uh, just have been crushing it. First of all, Kenley Bidwell. With the $300, he kept it going even between seasons. He kept it going. He just actually made it $8 again. Uh, So, you know, that's kind of fucked up. But I just want to say, Kenley, you got a big dick, very veiny, and it pleases all uh, women. Isn't that right, Vince? Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard. You know, I feel like I get no support (laughs) when I'm trying to... (laughs) These people are giving their life savings. Um... And then, of course, our $100 uh, patron, Jason, still here, still going strong. Big, fat dick, amazing balls, nice face, probably. And just a final uh, shout-out to Charlie Penner, who has been a $100 donor for years on the broadcast. Uh, and I am I just feel like, at this point, I really do owe him um like sexual favors because I, I don't know if he's dead. He could be dead and just is continuing... Well. They're charging his account still. This is uh, a worthy legacy for him. Yeah, as being I, a patron, he's the he's the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur of Pod Yourself Again, and for that, yeah, he really is. We thank you. I mean, if he's dead, like, what happens when you die? Do your all your spurs? <laughs> That's a different your, podcast. No, this is the same podcast. <laughs> like, when you die, do your like all your subscriptions like. Hulu, mm-hmm. OnlyFans, Patreon. Do they stop? No, you take them with you. Well, the ancient Egyptians believe like they would actually <laughs> put the podcast in the tomb. Yeah, they would put it just, in your tomb. It was actually just a servant holding a boombox with your favorite podcast on it. <laughs> with all of your favorite content. <laughs> oh man, just uh, a bunch of naked anime chicks. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's my favorite Patreon. Bury me with my waifu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I was doing some quick math uh, recently, and I realized that um, if every one of our patrons, um, which is, I'm rounding up to, it's it's 900. If every one of our patrons gave us a thousand dollars, that would give us nine hundred thousand dollars. That's really good math. I'm glad you so did that. So I'd like that. everyone to think about that. Um, <laughs> it would only food cost you food for thought. Food for thought. It would only cost you a thousand dollars to make me and Vince a collective almost millionaire. Uh, so, sure. Yeah. Important. Anyways, let's get into the episode uh, or the beginning of it. Uh, it's been a while since we potted. Today we are going to be talking about from season six B. Episode one, Soprano Home Movies. And uh, our guest today, he is a fantastic podcaster. You have heard his sultry sweet voice on the amazing history podcast, Blowback, where he is the co-host with the previous guest, Brendan James. Ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, welcome Noah Colwyn to the pod. How you doing? doing good <laughs> right damn i had like i guess i had something in my uh throat there for a second but uh <laughs> I, thought you were I, just... am, I am i am doing good and uh yeah. i'm glad that you guys are doing well yeah yeah, yeah that sultry sweet voice came in like bane uh, yeah, I thought, nice. was, yeah. I thought you were doing a batman thing there yeah, it's actually it. this is my elizabeth holmes voice and <laughs> actually this is my uh my speech <laughs> yeah. uh I feel like I uh, so I just started watching that show. The what is it called? The, the drop one out. drop rule. Oh yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. <laughs> it's not the one drop rule. Uh, yeah, yeah that's a no, that's I don't way know. Different show. That one's on the Daily <laughs> Wire. Jesus. Yeah. All right. I'm editing all that out. <laughs> Any, anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been watching that Elizabeth Holmes show and realizing that the voice that she does on that show. First of all, Amanda Siegfried, she's crushing it. Seyfried, uh, isn't it? Is it Seyfried? Yeah, yeah, Seyfried. yeah. I think it's Siegfried and Roy, and it's Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, Amanda. Oh Seyfried. shit! All right. <laughs> I mean, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda Seyfried, uh, gorgeous. Also, by the way, but that's not the point. The point is that her, she's doing a great job with the voice. I I used to do that exact um, fake low voice in middle school, <laughs> and um, so I kind of I don't know. I feel how to work out. For I you. feel. I didn't get laid if that was oh well I mean what you're asking, but I, uh, I like that the premise of that show because they keep doing the thing where they make a show about a news story that I just finished reading like five minutes ago or and and, and or listen to a podcast about. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, podcasts are great. Yeah, podcasts are great. Um, but I like that they made the premise of that show that uh, she should have stayed in college so that she could have been obnoxious like without having. <laughs> I feel like that's the reason why you should go to college is not to like get a good job or to like learn stuff. Right. It's so that you get all the obnoxious uh, personality twists out of the way before right. you have like employees or like a duty. I'm going to be honest. That's not what happens at Stanford that you just get more. And <laughs> oh, really? okay. it's a, it is a fundamentally deforming experience. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, they do kind of act like her dropping out. They're like, but what about the certificates? That's, that's why you're coming here is to get the certificate that allows you to be this uh, ridiculous. But instead, I mean, just- I, I haven't seen the show. Uh, although it is kind of funny because it's like, like you don't need any, you know, like what's the greatest certificate of all clout and and in her case, she acquired a lot of it or or rather she knew a lot of people. And so, you know, she got these boards and professors to Mm co-sign it or whatever. 
a lot gets made and you know like i covered elizabeth holmes i'm actually in a story i wrote is in the uh index of uh, mm. the kariru book and uh bad blood mm. and it is it, yeah it would be really crazy for me to see a show may try and make the argument that it's like well you know what had she just stayed at Stanford for another year or two, <laughs> uh, that would be a bit of a reach. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. I know that there's also another one coming down the pike. You should watch it. They've made uh, Sonny Balwani f- seem shockingly... Kind of uh, hot. <laughs> no, they have to. I mean, they made him shockingly relatable compared to the else, reality. Yeah, there's no... like like This is one of those things where it's like why reality is, is much more important than fiction because it's yeah. so much fucking weirder. Which yeah. is it's that, so like, much uglier, yeah. Exactly. Is that like one, all uggos. Like uh-huh. in Hollywood, they're all tens, even the ugly people. Yeah. So, you know, like... Yeah, I think that that's actually a really good standard in general. Like, look up the, uh, mo- like, every single one of these tabloid things or whatever that they're making into stuff. Like, look up the real people. Yeah. They are hilariously ugly. Yeah, um, like, unless special. They're, unless they're working class, in which case uh, I take back what I said, and they're all beautiful, chiseled. Exactly. And 100%. 100%. <laughs> Speaking of uh, working class heroes, uh, The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. It's a great show, um, and that's what this podcast is about. So, um I have to ask you, Noah Colwyn, uh, do you like The Sopranos? I love it. It's uh, yeah. it's close to home, literally. I uh, I am from uh, Montclair, New Jersey, where a oh, lot shit. of the show is shot, including scenes from this episode. Nice. All right. Like, uh, what are you like uh, near Pizza Land? Is that, uh, is that a not place? quite. So Montclair is uh, near the the pork store. Uh. Yeah, kind of. I mean, so the pork store is in Belleville, which is yeah. like uh, it's also in Essex County, just a bit bit south. Um, Montclair is next to like it's uh, like like I grew up pretty close to and grew up going to Holston's as a kid. Yeah, um, that's the diner, the diner. And then um, uh, in this episode, the interior of a bar near the Canadian border is in reality the interior of Tierney's bar on Valley Road. In Montclair, which uh, of which I am a happy and frequent patron when I'm home. Nice. Look at that. You got you you got some like inside knowledge into this very particular episode. Local yeah. color. Local yeah, and, color. And this yeah. season, there's an exterior. I forget which episode. There's an exterior shot of AJ picking up a girlfriend in front of a high school. Yeah. And that high school was my high school. Nice. Yeah. So. As someone who grew up in uh, New Jersey, um, are you uh, like in the mafia? No, I'm Jewish. So, oh, uh, you're, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, are you a lawyer from the mafia? <laughs> no, um, and I'm not a doctor. Uh, mm. I just settled for podcaster. That's fair. But uh, no, I mean it's you know the milieu, like the the Meadow Soprano experience is is eerily familiar. <laughs> um, but you know, like I, I don't want to like overemphasize that because I think that like part of what makes the show so special and amazing is that like this thing that is literally shot like where I grew up is like has this you know beyond universal value, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have uh, like any uh, character in particular that you feel like uh, you like the best, or one that you relate to? Uh, I never said this interview was going to be good, guys. No, I, just I mean, I'm going to point go, out. I'm, you no, know? no. I mean, it's a it's it's a it's a fair question. I guess a, I'm just going to say Tony. Hell uh, yeah. 
because I I also take uh, he takes Zoloft, right? Uh, is it Zoloft or is I know it, he I, says Prozac, but when you look at the pill bottle, is it Zoloft or Prozac? I, I think I think it might actually be AJ who ends up taking Zoloft. Okay, well, I mean, I don't. I, I'm going to be honest. Never really identified with AJ, although I very much uh, sympathized with him. Sure. Nah, Tony. Tony is who I like. You know, and also, like, you know, it's a basic answer because, you know, we see inside his head the most. But um, I think that, like, you know, when you set aside the fact that he is a violent psychopath um, Mm -hmm. who uh, can never let anybody close to him um, because of a Hitchcock-like issue with mommy um, (laughs) and and violent daddy. um, Sure. You know, there is this sort of, like... You know the everyman thing about him does. You know it, it really gets to me. I'm like, hey, that's me. You know, that's that's yeah. me up there. I know that guy. I've been <laughs> yeah. on that couch. You know, <laughs> I, I've also uh, driven home. You know, looking forward to low main, and then found that someone had eaten it and started yelling. Like that Listen, is. Listen, man. I, and then you know, like, all right, now here's where I can take it to the next level. Where it's like, I have been like driving with the windows down, singing uh, Steely Dan on Bloomfield Avenue. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, like when I saw this at a younger and more impressionable age, uh, you can imagine that I became very annoying about something like that. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you you also do not want to do your dirty work no more. No, um, no, no. But this is not a Steely Dan podcast. No, this is a Sopranos good, podcast. Good segue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I did my best. And uh, we, of course, cannot start the pod without first playing the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, today we are going to be talking about, uh, once again, from Season 6B, Episode 1, Soprano Home Movies, which premiered April 8th, 2007. Vince, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? Sure can. Carmela and Tony go away to Bobby's cabin upstate, I think it should be in upstate New York, but uh, they forgot that word, Uh, in upstate (laughs) New York for Tony's birthday up where a fight what the fuck what is wrong with the synopsis where did sorry what, what, what website is this from it's imdb imd not like imdb like kazakhstan or something yeah. uh, where a fight emerges between tony and bobby over janice meanwhile aj is throwing a party at the soprano home makes it sound like like they're fighting over who gets yeah who to gets the fucker Oh man, that is uh, yeah. That's got to be an sorry. Award. You were saying meanwhile. Uh, meanwhile, oh. AJ is throwing a party at the Soprano home. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he. I mean, classic. Yeah, but that's oh yeah. Big story big storyline. Big storyline. Huge. It was half the episode. Um, so Vince, what was happening at the time that this episode came out? That's right, Matt. We cannot evaluate uh, content without its cultural context and blah 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 blah. And for that. We go to the Remember When machine. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, bop, bop, shoo, bop. Remember then, 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 then. 
remember remember when it's the lowest form of conversation that's right we're going all the way back to april 8th 2007 Uh, A lot of things going on. Uh, It was the last day of the Masters, won by Zach Johnson, which I know you guys are very uh, excited about. Yeah, thanks for putting that in there. Uh Uh (laughs) Now I know what was happening at the time. (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, we got a story from the New York Times. I hope this doesn't go badly. Housing slump pinches states in pocketbook. Uh, Mm. State revenues around the country are growing far more slowly this year and in some cases falling below projections. A result of the housing market slowdown that has curbed voracious spending on real estate, building materials, furniture, and other items. Uh, Nowhere is the downturn more apparent than in Florida, where tax revenue is projected to drop this year for the first time since the energy crisis of the 1970s. Uh, oh damn yeah i hope nothing bad happens there yeah i hope so man i i I have a feeling that it'll be fine and that um you know the everyone's gonna pay their mortgage and uh housing bubble's just gonna keep getting bigger the economy will continue to boom Uh uh-huh the fundamentals are strong Mm -hmm. uh elsewhere uh pope benedict the 16th uh he's the pope and it was easter (laughs) so Uh he had to give his uh his state of the state of the Easter uh, sermon that he does every year is, this, is Pope Benedict the one who's the he's not Pope anymore. He's the angry he's, German one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the one. Didn't, didn't you watch the two popes? There was I did, a, but I don't remember the names of the. I remember Ratzinger. I remember that being his name. I don't remember his fake yeah. made up name. There was a bad Nazi pope, and then there was like a good uh, South American, uh, yeah, nice a good guy. soccer pope. Yeah, soccer pope. <laughs> And Soccer Pope versus Nazi Pope. Who's going to win, and, you know? Yeah, he saw the writing on the wall, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to let this guy be Pope. And that was a pretty cool move of him. Um, what if he had just stayed, though? Like, what are they going to do? What if? You know? Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I fucked those kids. Was it him who <laughs> fucked the kids? It wasn't uh, him, right? N- no. not He was just whispering when I know of. Okay. Yeah. He was just he moving was... him around like chess pieces. Uh <laughs> Pope Benedict XVI uh, said, nothing positive comes from Iraq. Uh, Pope uh, Benedict decried suffering in much of the world in his Easter Sunday message, lamenting that, quote, nothing positive is happening in Iraq and voicing worries over unrest and instability in Afghanistan and bloodshed in parts of Africa and Asia. Mm. Yeah. 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 He's right. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Nazi Pope was 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 right. That shit, shit's bad over there. Yeah, yeah. The Middle East. What's going on with that? Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, you know, The Sopranos was actually like the news at this point because we're we're all the way into the last season, the last sub season. So uh, the New York Post is is writing about the end of The Sopranos uh, in an article called "Family Reunion." Uh, it feels like a death, says Edie Falco, the three-time Emmy winner who went from relative obscurity to being the heart and soul of The Sopranos. She Damn. is talking about the end of the landmark TV series that changed the course of her life and those of her fellow cast members on the HBO mob drama. Yeah. Now that her and TV... changed the course of human history. Mm, yeah. Changed everything. Our bro. lives, certainly. Our lives completely. <laughs> we wouldn't be well, in the New York Times without The Sopranos. Exactly. If it yeah. wasn't for the Sopranos, we never would have been on a, a variety listicle with a bunch of other podcasts <laughs> right. that probably don't exist. <laughs> now that her TV family is saying goodbye forever, Falco, 44, is a wreck. 
Uh, I don't know what Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what kind of crazy person chooses this as their life, where you meet people and become intensely attached to them, and then say, "See ya," she says. You say, we'll keep in touch, but I know, I'm not a kid. I know that that takes a certain kind of effort that people don't really make. Anyway, it's a very crazy, crazy thing to think about that I won't be seeing these people. It's awful. I mean, yeah, but you could you could call, though. That's. I mean, I, mean, I also she agree. Know, it's like, I mean, this is p- before podcasts. Like, she doesn't realize that they could just do a podcast about it and then just, uh, you know, talk about yeah, it every exactly. week with all their exactly. Sopranos yeah. friends. The party never has to end. You just I mean, podcast. I'm pretty sure that is why. Uh, who is it that does the podcast? Multisanti and. Uh, um, and Bobby Bacala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why they, they, they were like, fuck it. Why does the party have to end just because the show ended? Let's let's yeah. keep this going. Somebody but put of course, it, oh. that podcast does not actually exist, uh, as we have yeah, told our I've listeners before. There's only one. And it is this one. The other one, it's a front. Jamie Lynn Sigler, who was just 16 when she filmed filmed The Sopranos pilot, was trying to keep things in perspective. Somebody put it to me perfectly the other day. They said, they said, all good things come to an end, but it's rare to be part of anything great. I don't plan to try to compare anything to The Sopranos. I won't do it. There's mm-hmm. such a sense of camaraderie among the cast. It spoiled me a little bit, says Sigler, now 25. Uh, Sigler battled eating disorders early on in the show's run and married, then divorced her former manager, A.J. Descala. The support she felt from her cast, from the cast, saw the actress through those hard times. She married an A.J.? Yeah. Weird. Weird. Weird, Weird, dude, because that's the name of the TV brother, if you think about it. Damn. Well, the good thing about... um, a good portion of the Sopranos castmates is they have all gone into podcasting <laughs> and uh, good for them for doing it. You know, the party never ended and uh, it sucks. So if you think about it, cause like I'm, I'm reading this article and I'm thinking, dude, that's kind of like us, man. This is our last season of this mm. Sopranos rewatch podcast. Yeah. We're never going to get together of, on zoom anymore. No, nah, we're never going to be able to get together on. It's like, it feels like a death to me as well. <laughs> I feel like we're, we got nine episodes left and then we die or we start watching the wire or something. We'll figure it out. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, well, what else that's, is going uh, on? that's been, oh, okay. The, uh, sorry, I forgot about the movies. Uh, there was movies, uh, in 2007, namely the top movies in the country were blades of glory. Meet the Robinsons. Are we done yet? Grindhouse and the reaping. All right. Could be worse. Honestly. Yeah. Those are like, like, I'm just gonna say it, you know. I mean, yeah. I was actually surprised that uh, this was the the debut debut weekend of Grindhouse, and it's in fourth place behind uh, Ice Cube in the sequel to Are We There Yet? Which God, Are had- We There Yet was a big. Fu- I remember the commercials for that like incessantly. That was when it was still a novelty that Ice Cube wasn't scary anymore. Yeah, no, no, he is now. Uh, yeah, you that know, was like uh, kind of the whole point because he was scary to the kids, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he like, did. The, he did uh, the like they did face. the same thing with The Rock. Yeah, well, The Rock was always, you know, even now he still scares me. That I know a lot too, of. I know a lot of people big. are scared because he plays a DA agent and because uh, he was a wrestler. <laughs> he's, but he's, to he's me, he's scary because he was a football player at the U. Top pop song in the country was "Don't Matter" by Akon. Oh, that's a great one. The top rock song I don't remember the song at all is "Breath" by Breaking Benjamin. What the fuck is breath? <laughs> it's I like, remember Breaking Benjamin. I do not remember that song. I don't remember 
it's either a really of those bad i listen to it it's like it like splits the difference between like stained and uh three doors down <laughs> it splits the difference between yeah them. yeah, yeah it does <laughs> what is the difference well i mean uh, <laughs> one's a one's a morose song about superman and then the other one's a sad song about about, the, about your dad fan, yeah about your dad all right so that's the remember when machine that's what was going on at the time now that we've gotten all that out of the way, it is time uh, for the Bada B story this week in which uh, I do a parody song synopsis because, I don't know, because I, I keep doing it. That's your and, role now. Uh, I guess so. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. This one um, sucks, but it's only um, like 50 seconds long. Uh, and it's called uh, America's Sopraniest Home Videos. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Tony drops his gun in the snow two years ago. He spends one whole night in jail. His bullets are hello. It's season six, part two. Final season, Bob Fungle. The mafia, the mafia, beats there's another verse. Tony drives to the lake house, meets Bobby B. They get drunk and start to fight, playing Monopoly. Carmen and Janice also fight. Bobby finally kills a guy. The mafia, the mafia, he's got a ghoul. Yeah! So, all right. Uh, <laughs> You can hear the rest of that uh, song at the very end of the episode, as per usual. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically what's going on in this episode. It's mostly an episode about um, about Tony Soprano feeling his mortality and taking a vacation in a lake house near the Canadian border. Um, and you know, uh, there's you know, like the synopsis, uh, the IMDb synopsis said there's also a, a very small B story in which uh, AJ throws a party that you don't see. Mostly it's just AJ's B story is he gets to fuck in his parents' bed, which... Um, and he has his chin. girlfriend uh, yeah. is still Blanca. Still Blanca, yeah. And he he's, has a chin strap now. I thought I liked the like <laughs> smash cut to AJ with oh, a chin yeah, strap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, you know, there's, it's, this is, I will say off the bat, like one of my, like probably my like top two or three episodes in the whole series. I think it's yeah. just like, it's yeah. uh it's sublime. Yeah. David, it's beautiful. David Chase co-wrote this episode and you know, for all his ticks, boy, that guy could do Italian dysfunction. Cause I like this one. It starts out <laughs> like it's going to be about like the workings of the <clears throat> mafia and it sort of is about that, but it's mostly about just Italian dysfunction and yeah. uh, just like the petty arguments that start amongst family that lead to years of uh, weird interactions. And uh, I really felt that. I really identified with that whole thing and I thought they did <laughs> wonderfully. I also think that it it did like one of the really neat things about The Sopranos uh, when I rewatched this episode that I thought is that uh, they always find really interesting things uh, to happen to people. And in this case, 
they create like they fuse a lot of the mafia tensions and mob storylines, uh, you know, sort of stuff like, you know, the fact that Bobby's dad was, you know, the Terminator or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And that he's never killed anybody. And then in this episode, Tony uh, having lost in the physical battle with mm-hmm. uh, with with Bobby is then, you know, like chooses to exert his, you know, power as manager to make Bobby do this thing. And, you know, it's like this kind of like, like, you know, it's like this, you know, fairly like, you know, basic like test of manhood or whatever. And it also kind of to me, like, you know, side by side with again, you know, as you said, Matt, like this uh, sense of um, mortality uh, that you know, that that Tony is wrestling with, you know, it's not just him too. you know, it's like, every, like a lot of different people are because the other thing that makes you consider mortality so much is, you know, the title of the show of this episode, which is uh you know, home movies and, and youth and kid and 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 all of the uh, accumulated little life experiences they have, and uh, it seems like nobody's really able to handle all that stuff uh, <laughs> yeah. when situated against like this crazy, horrifying, totally empty, like material needing, like violence, blood soaked, blah blah blah, uh, <laughs> life they lead. You know? Yeah, I mean, and also, um, it's about how. Monopoly is really, truly the worst board game to play with a family <laughs> that's yeah. ever been invented. Every Monopoly game, at least in my family, has ended in a fight. I don't know too many people who have finished a Monopoly game. Right. Um, I still don't even, I'm not even entirely clear on how the game is supposed to end. Like, is it just, it just ends when everybody goes bankrupt except for one yeah, person? It's it's sort yeah. of a last man standing principle. I mean, it is like, I, I've, gr- I've grown up with and played, uh, and definitely in high school and band class, I played Monopoly on my phone. I'm not remembering. Um, but nice. the... The thing about it is that, like, it's, you know, if somebody abides by the rules and, you know, you follow it, then it's, like, you know, kind of interesting, like, luck game or whatever. But the thing is, is that it's, like, house rules, et cetera, like, literally the thing that they argue about, it's just about, like, you know... I mean, it, you know, the free it's parking of, rule. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, you know, it's fuck it's it's argument fodder. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like interesting uh like as like them doing a little bit of an art, you know what I mean? Like symbolically, you have these mafiosos sitting together playing this game and uh it's a game that's literally about um capitalism, uh des- destroying your your opponent. Uh, and, and your family and your family and cheating in order to get there is just built into the game. And that that's something I remember when I used to play Monopoly as a kid. I, I went over to a friend's house and um, I think, yeah, my friend just started um, taking money from the bank and uh, literally I called him out on it. And the, his father said cheating is part of the game. And I was like, I don't. I don't think that's true. And so I kind of fall on the Bobby Bacala scale. You're of, Jewish. I feel like you should understand this. Oh, I get that. But my problem was I was like, listen, bro, we're playing a game <laughs> where we all decided on the ground rules here and stealing money directly from the bank. Mm-mm, not not for me. I, oh, see, I, now I, I, and now I, I see play with you're honor. Fam- you're familiar with the other part of the, the, the Jewish tradition here, which is being a sore loser. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, being just uh, ridiculously self-righteous in, uh, you know, in the company of others. The food was terrible. Yeah. And not <laughs> enough of it. 
but uh yeah it is it, the free parking rule i think is is you know one of my favorite scenes and i, I have a clip of that what are you doing it goes in the bank we play the free parking rule or free parking rule. money from community chess and chance goes into the middle whoever lands on free parking gets the money you show me that in the rules technically it isn't in the rules but a lot of people play it that way they add a whole new level of excitement to the game i don't agree with it. Bobby, when we were growing up in our house, this is how we played. You know, the Parker brothers took time to think this all out. I really love the idea that Bobby thinks that the Parker brothers are just these two guys who, <laughs> who are sitting around thinking of the Monopoly rules and not a uh, like toy company that bought a game <laughs> from someone who probably didn't see a dime. Uh, which is probably the best part of the monopoly. I mean, story. it adds to his character. He's he he's into toy trains. It makes a lot of sense yeah. that he would be a stickler for the monopoly rules. Well, I mean, and also to me again, it's like the the thing that's like you know the 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 climax for Bobby in this uh, episode is you know like you know he's got a he's got to pot himself a gun and yep. go kill somebody, pop his cherry, and. He, you know, I think there's like this kind of like tension of Bobby is the rule follower and Tony is the rule decider. Right. Um, you know, there's a number of dynamics, uh, you know, that you could do here. There's the Natalie Beach, Caroline Calloway, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, <laughs> you know, various uh, Nexium uh, victims and Keith Rainier, uh <laughs> and and, um, you know, I, I think it, it functions kind of similar. You know, it's it's a fundamentally like exploitative uh relationship sure um and, and you know like uh I, I like i don't need to say too much more about how it ultimately resolves or I, I don't know how do you guys deal with the future of this of the show in this episode well i mean just in terms of how it resolves it, it's interesting because this is the first episode in which you um see that chris is now not being considered to be the second in command anymore, or at least the future of, uh, you know, this, the Sopranos family. And, and it's like supposed to go to Bobby, which is like a fucking huge, um, revelation that kind of in my mind kind of flew under the radar. I didn't notice Very, that till he, I rewatched yeah. the episode. Well, it's like they sort of soft pedal. They don't remind you why Chris was being passed over. They kind of hint that he didn't come see Tony. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. He called him I mean, late for his birthday. It, yeah. I also think that, like, though, one of the, like, really, like, The Sopranos is very good in this season, I think, of, like, not really requiring the viewer to have a ton of accumulated past knowledge. Like, obviously, it pays yeah. off in, like, the fucking dream sequences and shit. But mm -hmm. I, I do think that this is a moment, though, where it's like, yeah, if you've seen five and a half, like, seasons of this show uh, up until now, then you've seen, like... You've seen Christopher, and if you don't, I mean, if you don't have the conclusion that Christopher Moltisanti after that is like not yeah. a guy who should be trusted with like you know like car keys, <laughs> yeah. let alone like being like the future of like a criminal organization, then like I don't know what to tell you. So yeah. I think to me, like part of what is you know like it's part of why like I really you know again it's like you know the you know it, it's kind of funny because like Janice is sort of like an object in this episode. Mm. She's like a point of like she's like. She's not like this isn't the most interesting Janice episode. This isn't the most interesting Carmela episode. Although they have moments, of course. Um, but like the the thing that's you know sort of interesting to me is like this you know where Bobby is like basically 
put and like set on this like whole fucking like challenge to you know like it's it's just sort of like the focus is entirely on him and because you know christopher's a fuck up you can kind of afford to do that i did not watch this when it came out i watched it like i just mainlined it so i didn't experience the break so to me i think it actually felt probably pretty natural even without having like a immediate previous event to think about yeah but i think what uh, uh what kind of the reason why i'm like this is a bigger deal it's not so much kind of the sidelining of chris but like bobby you know we just got done with you know the in the previous season tony basically admitting to melfi that he loves a chance to take a shit on bobby like his favorite thing is like shitting on his sister and shitting on bobby and so for me i was just like uh I felt like part of the decision to like maybe, you know, bump Bobby up was because he felt like, well, technically Bobby is family and uh, also, uh, you know, maybe he just felt like, I don't know, he invited me out to the fucking lake and isn't that nice. Meanwhile, my fucking nephew uh, called me late to wish me a happy birthday. Like, (laughs) like part of me felt like it was a little bit petty it was more a more petty thing well sure doing. it's totally petty but also he doesn't have a ton of options for uh underlings number one and and you know like bobby was like it, it, he's super pliant like that's the yeah. thing like what like you know he's he's able to be dominated like he was junior's guy for yeah. you know all those years and like the first time that we're introduced to him um he was wearing a fat the actor was you know he's wearing a fat suit and, and and you know it's all like he's he's totally diminutive and i think you're right but i also think that like this, I think it's kind of telling, though, that you said that, you know, it's like he likes to shit on Bobby and Janice and, mm. you know, he loves Janice and he also yeah. loves Bobby. And that's right. like part of what makes like, you know, I mean, it's why the Sopranos are more interesting than a normal family. Right. And why they're TV, <laughs> because uh, it's interesting that these people like, you know, like they they express you know, like, love through exactly violence yeah, like they express <laughs> love through like, you know, having a weekend at the lake. And then also by making somebody kill somebody and then beating up their husband in front of them, who is also the guy you need to dispatch as a hit. Well, it's also it's sort of like the the overbearing father dilemma. It's like, do you promote do you promote the kid who maybe reminds you of yourself in that they are full of piss and vinegar a little bit? Or right. do you, or do you promote the one who uh, you're sort of like Bobby is sort of the he's the reliable one like sure. like Tony doesn't really respect him as sort of like an independent personality like as an right. independent I mean, actor. You know, this, I think this episode sets up the question of you know what if he does now? Yeah, because one right. Bobby beat the shit out of him, and two he goes through with the hit. Yeah, yeah. so to me that's like a really kind of like. You know, this is like, to you know, if anything, you know, to your point, this is the Bobby Bacala coming out party as, you know, one of the most like, you know, he is previously an important character. Yeah. But now he's like, you know, he's he is brain trust. He's like season one, Polly, Sill, Chris, et cetera, territory. Yeah. I mean, right. if this was a Western, he would be the one that dad made stay back and uh, take care of the house while the posse went out to do, you know, posse type shit. Uh, yeah. And so this, yeah, this episode's very much like, okay, you're, you're going to be invited to on the raid the next time. In fact, you got to prove that you belong on this next raid. Yeah. By killing a French Canadian. <laughs> um, and so that's really a crime. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like that. Uh, 
I mean, just what it says about the mafia that like this entire murder takes place so that they can get like a better deal on uh, bootleg <laughs> prescriptions in order for, for yeah, osteoporosis. And, and, in order yeah, to, like, and I, yeah. I also want to be clear that like at no point have any of us like questioned like yes that there's like some psychodrama like about like you know like does Tony actually have to like go through with the hit? But right. then it's like we all know that like they are both really greedy and that like he and Bobby you know. Like they don't want to do it, but like, you know, well, come on, that's like, do- but it's a couple dollars a package of, of exactly. osteoporosis exactly. pills. Exactly, you know, it's like that's like they're gonna know. save ten grand on expired osteoporosis. You know how many wives' spec houses you think- can fund with that difference? <laughs> I, I do think also though this is a good moment to bring up something that I hadn't thought about um, until you did your, you know, what was in the news bit, which is that. Um, when this uh, when this stuff was in production and when they were mm-hmm. writing the episode for this, uh, I, I think one of the really sort of big headline items in it, you know, not just the Iraq war, but specifically this was the period of the most brutal insurgency the, the country mm-hmm. was functionally in civil war. Right. And it, and it was, I think, an extremely uh, cynical time. Uh, in American politics in terms of, like, you know, the practice of politics. Like, people just, uh, you know, like the, you know, the Democrats had just, in, in, in the 06 midterms, they come in and crush. There was a lot of dissatisfaction with the yeah. status quo. And um, and I think that the, you know, one of the things of, you know, the, the callousness uh, that I think was sort of in the air in that moment um, is something that sort of feels like it's one of the really big vibes in this. Like, this kind of... You know, this is an episode that reminds you of, you know, how violent these people are and how much, you know, how much they care about finding a buck or whatever, you know, like how, you know, sort of like this like desperate violence or whatever that feels like it's characterizing that very, you know, precarious moment as, you know, the the financial cracks are beginning to show. And then um, I think that there's also this, uh, you know, like we see this retreat inward in the end. And, you know, this ultimately this, you know, sort of... uh, you know, like Tony has like this kind of narcotic experience watching the home movies that his sisters made for him. Right. And he's just retreating into the past, just totally disengaging um, and oblivious. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I think that that kind of obliviousness um, to ruin is something that, you know, even as he's contemplating his mortali- mortality. Um, yeah. I th- you know, that, that's that like that like. Uh, contrast weighs with me when I watch this one. Yeah, there's like uh, we talked about this last season in the episode, you know, where they're trying to shake down a Starbucks and realizing that uh, you know they can't do it. So it's it's sort of this two this double edged. Um, this is what we ha- this is what we have to do to keep the machine running, uh, right. which is you know kill a random French Canadian to make sure you make a few more dollars on your on your pills, and then simultaneously with when the machine is running, you're like, wow, this is, this is the reward for, uh, for this right. like, to keep, to keep this thing, to keep this thing on track. This is what we get out of it is, uh, you know, you're the, a couple, couple shitty houses, uh, and your cute little, your, your hobby boat that you get to take out on the lake in upstate New York. And it's a yeah, very yeah. adorable hobby boat, by the way. And the the custom made assault military assault <laughs> rifle yeah, that you get yeah. as a gift. I mean, and that yeah. to me is the other thing that is like there's. It's funny. I was um I pulled up the Wikipedia before doing this uh stint today because I watched the episode last week when we'd originally scheduled it. 
before I mucked everything up. And uh, <laughs> we were, um, and, and so then I, you know, rested to be like, all right, is there anything I, I missed or, or whatever? And one thing I did miss that they mentioned in the Wikipedia notes is that, like, evidently in the background, um, you know, there's some body count thing. And I think that, like, this is as close to, like, you know, this is like, it's part of why this episode rocks so much is that, like, it's got <laughs> so much in it. Because in addition to this very tender home thing, in addition to this brutal mafia hit, you also have just like the most straight up identification that I think we're ever going to get with like, you know, with uh, Tony and his ilk holding guns and looking, you know, as a visage, not all that dissimilar from like the Americans committing atrocities overseas at that same time. Mm, uh, yeah. And, you know, it's I, I don't think it's particularly on the nose. I don't think it's particularly aggressive. I don't necessarily think that that's like the main thrust of any of mm-hmm. this. But like, sure. it does feel like very suggestive. And, you know, if part of what makes The Sopranos such an exciting you know, text to read is the way in which it like does reflect its moment and absorbs it and refracts it in such a, you know, emits it in such a fun way. Uh, to me, that's just one of the the things that like really, really stuck out. Yeah, it's. Yeah. The, I mean, the mafia is mo- most of the works about it are sort of as this sort of parody of American Empire, like in miniature, and it always it always works uh, that way. Uh, well, and it's also we've talked about this before on past episodes that you know the the main conflict of the show is them all trying to exist in 2007 and mm-hmm. have those and be able to have the, the, the sort of social values that uh, make them able to exist in that world while also trying to maintain the weird like social code of the mafia, which is like this very much older thing and a much older code of conduct conduct that they, right. they can't really question it, but they it's constantly bumping up against uh, the 2007 seven version of their life i mean to me though part of what makes you know this is actually to me like like, yes there is like a 2007 specific version of this but i do think that there is a way in which it's like you know that you can still even from that sort of uh analysis extract like a very interesting kind of universal story which is about what happens when you have power and the purpose of that power or the way in which it's deployed is to protect the way in which you leech from society to enrich yourself <laughs> and yeah. are in denial about it. Right. And if there's yeah. another group of people about whom you can say that that's the case, it's, you know, it's the well, it's the hybrid Jewish reptilians who live in caves under <laughs> the ma- Sorry, No, it's the, it's the you know, it's the, it's the wealthy. It's the ruling class, et cetera. And so. Yeah. There's to me this kind of you know like it's whoever's if, controlling the weather and the hollow moon exactly whatever you know, religion I, they I may prefer be. the the hybrid Jewish reptilian theory uh, the works of David Ick no I'm kidding I'm kidding uh, please don't no 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 dis- <laughs> just um, no no as you're imagining someone about to cancel you no well, they, it, well it's like see here's the thing I don't know what's worse somebody canceling me or actually like what if I accidentally like you know it's like the one one guy who listens to this and is like, oh, what's this? And then like yeah. six months later, it's like he's really into it. And it's like, fuck, like, God damn it. Like, yeah, like, you're trying that, to tell them to stop. Like, stop Googling him. Stop yeah, Googling him. Yeah, put it down. Put it down. I mean, okay. if one country is going to be the Tony Soprano, another country's got to be the the French Canadian bassist who, um, you know. Drummer. Isn't he a drummer? No, I thought he was a bassist. Oh, he's a musician is the point. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Speaking of which, I have a theory. Um, yeah. That guy, is that Harpo? Is that? 
<laughs> is that Janice's <laughs> I like don't son? I don't. Know. Why would you? What? Where did that because, come from? Because Janice married uh, a, a French Canadian. Okay. And then had a baby named Harpo, mm-hmm. who he uh, who she left. And there's he, no way. Do the time his name is Hal now. The timeline and, doesn't work on that though, does it? It could work. I mean, I don't know, man. Like he at the t- like two seasons ago, he was like a, a street kid who was like maybe a teenager. Uh, so at this point, we're a few years past those seasons. He could be a 21 year old. The timeline is strained, but I choose to believe it, bro. <laughs> sure. I uh, I will need to see the proof, the maths, and the geom- <laughs> you know the the. I need to see the calculus on this one. We'll see the calculus, but I I feel like uh, present a supercut of your Easter eggs, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think you know uh, the killing of the French Canadian by Bobby um, was something that kind of they hinted at a um, well they talked about. DNA evidence, like murdering someone is a uh, is a hassle, especially with DNA evidence. And then um, shoots him in the head and he rips his shirt off, which kind of implies that, uh oh, Bobby, Bobby about to get caught for this this murder. And, um, you know, not to give anything away, but uh, I don't think they ever revisit that at all. It just is something that. I don't know. Did you guys see something symbolic in the ripping of the shirt, or was that? I just, mean, I think uh, they were doing. It felt like they were doing. Yeah, it was. Felt like, like they were doing a Pine Barrens in, in in a small way, where it's like, yeah, this, yeah. this could come back, or maybe it won't. Who knows? Right. I mean, I thought it was part of like that. I think to me, the ripping off the shirt, it's also like he's he's coming out of his because yeah, he's got a nice body. In, in, in addition to being extremely sexy, just pure titillation. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's also, I think, like you know, a kind of like. Uh, um. Oh fuck! I'm trying to think of how Hannibal Lecter says it, like pupa chrysalis or, or whatever. But like you know, it's like uh, like those are just like the words I remember. Yeah, him, like, yeah, saying. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. like you know, it's like a, he's becoming uh, yeah. a beautiful butterfly. This is exactly. Bobby's great he's, becoming. He's, he's you know, he just like he he killed somebody. He's now like flowering. And he's, yeah. you know, t- you know, and some would say flowering. Others might say careening with reckless abandon, uh-huh. um, you know, but who's to say uh-huh. who's to say um, who's to make that judgment? Not I. Precisely. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's how I viewed the ripping of the shirt. I do think yeah. that there's also like a, a kind of, um, you know, it's 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 like very. You know, it's 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 a while ago, but like you think back to how his dad went out, and um, mm-hmm. to me, that's just like such a like the the kind of you know sort of like you know son becomes the father kind of thing. Right, yeah, it's right, nice. Right. You know, it's it's like you know, it's this is yeah. This episode at once is like stuffed with stuff, you know, things that like, you don't need sorry. all this external meaning, but. Bobby's dad was the guy who was who did the hit while he was like wheezing. That's that yeah, yeah, yeah. coughing out a lung. He had an emphasis. He had an oxygen tank, and he had to kill out Mustang Sally because Mustang Sally uh, brained a guy, put him in a coma uh, in a parking dispute. In that's right. I believe it was Newark is where they shot that. That's right. And then that guy uh, was recast as Vito's brother. Uh, But you know that's just a random fact that I know. Mustang Sally. No, not Mustang Sally, the guy who got brained. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, Vito Spadafore's brother. Um, 
Not that that matters. This is why I hate trivia. Shouldn't have said anything. It's good Go trivia. On. That was good. That was a you did a good trivia. Man. I hate I myself know for knowing stuff. No, that you is know, no, that is good. I like when you, like Vito himself is a recycled guy. I know he was uh, Gino, and it's another thing I hate myself. He was myself in the pastry no- shop. I'm trying get out. To, to get through this whole podcast without learning a thing. I don't want to know any trivia, and I feel bad that I know a little bit now. Um, but let's talk a little bit about this opening scene. Um, kind of the impetus uh, for uh, the the drive up to the lake, which is. Uh, we rehashed the, I think it was the last episode of season five. I'm not sure. Or season four. Um, Tony and Johnny Sack. Um, oh, yeah. Season five. Uh, you know, they're they're making some sort of deal uh, to to not to not shoot at each other no more. And then the FBI comes to arrest uh, Johnny and Tony runs and drops his gun. And then we see it continued where this long haired kid finds it i mean and, I, uh, I love the way the sopranos handles these sort of uh i don't know what you call them easter eggs MacGuffins, what what have you like there's the things that you expect to come back to be important at some point later like right. the the russian guy from the pine barrens like everybody's waiting for that guy to be hiding behind a tree and right. like on the list of things that you think are going to be important later tony throwing his pistol in the snow is yeah. so low on the list like the I, lowest i don't know i never once considered that that would come back uh into play but that's the thing that they chose yeah 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 it turns out uh, a kid found it and has been uh using it to shoot cans and there's hollow point bullets uh in it so uh that is i guess a felony or an arrestable crime and then we uh, cut to Tony and Carm waking up to uh, pounding on the door. And Carm asks the question, is this it? Which is how I felt watching the episode. Like, oh, fuck, man. This is it. This is the last season. You know? Mm-hmm. That was part of, like, that heartbreak right. that she was talking about in that article. I'm just like, yeah, man, this What's is gonna it. What's going to be the thing? What's going to be the thing? At, 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 from this point on in the series, around every corner, you are like, just waiting for something to happen you're waiting for someone's going to come out of nowhere and shoot somebody you know is it going to be a french canadian guy is it going to be uh fucking some guy a russian dude who knows but uh so yeah the fbi or sorry the that guy's bandmates should have come back like the nihilists and uh big lebowski (laughs) just a bunch of french canadians on motorcycles yeah and one uh, of them's flea yeah um but yeah, the uh, the cops come and arrest Tony, uh, and he has to spend the night in jail. Um, you know, with uh, people taking a shit in front of him. <laughs> that was a great shit. shot. That is a great shot. Yeah, we're gonna need you to uh, squat over the toilet and take a shit right behind <laughs> Tony's ear. Um, yeah, and then uh, we, you know, uh, from from that point, you basically learn about this. Uh, what's going to be a continuing thread throughout the rest of the season, which is like, there's this gun charge that is so old it shouldn't matter, um, and you end up they end up dropping all the charges, but then we do find out that it's going to be tied into this RICO case, which. Um, I mean, I, I, at the point at which I'm no lawyer, but at the point at which you've got enough to go to trial on a RICO case, a guy having a gun seems like the weakest bit of evidence. You know what I mean? I just, uh, 
the fact that they were going to tie that into the Rico case didn't, I don't know. For me, it was just like, it seemed like a, a useless plot point. Um, but are you sure I guess you're not it, a lawyer? Cause I that mean, was, I mean, that was like, <laughs> listen, motherfucker. I'm impressed. I mean, I'm look, he, myself. the kid picked up the gun and then they made a big deal about what kind of bullets were in it as if the kid didn't like reload it and well, shoot right. it That's around the whole thing a bunch is of times. Like if it's then. from two years ago, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm no lawyer, but if a gun is from two years ago, then any, at any point guy could put hollow point bullet in gun. And again, never went to law school, Noah. <laughs> so... I'm just letting you know that in case you were thinking you needed to hire me. For All legal I know advice. is that if I'm ever in a jam, I know who I am. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> calling. Look, I'm just a simple <laughs> podcaster. I may yeah. not know much about hollow point <laughs> bullets and how they work. I mean, the, the, it, it is, but the Rico thing is like, it's an, it's a nice sort of Damocles to set up. And it's sure. also like, you know, even if like the, even if, you know, even if this doesn't pass Matt's uh, legal realist mustard, mm-hmm. uh, it does like do set up like quite well, you know, both like, you know, in vibing with like the real historical precedent. Sure. That, like they're, you know, like the federal government is getting ready to take down, you know, seriously to- or the prosecutors are getting ready quite seriously to go after uh, Tony Soprano and they're right. going to use whatever justification they can as a sure. pretext. They're focused yeah. on the long game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fine, you know. Doesn't pass the smell test for me. But hey, who am I? <laughs> Just the leading Sopranos ologist. All right. So uh, <laughs> one one of my uh, favorite moments that happens in the brief but wonderful AJ storyline is um on the way to uh i guess they're on the way to court to uh for for tony's arraignment um uh aj was supposed to grab some grab a suit out of uh out of the closet and ends up uh grabbing a suit some pants uh out of the hamper you don't see this but they have this uh this great little exchange in which i have a clip Oh, God damn it, AJ. There is tomato sauce all over these pants. AJ, I asked for the brown suit from the dry cleaning bag. Well, the light didn't go on in your closet. Stop it, will you please? AJ, I relate to AJ. Uh, unlike unlike you, uh, Noah, who relates more to um, Tony, I relate to AJ in that, like, if I have an excuse... Um, I'm going to use it. Even if I make it like if the light didn't go on your closet, it's just like, boom. How are you going to fight against that logic, mom? You know, like shit like that is why I love AJ because he will not take responsibility for a thing. Instead, he's just like, well, the problem is, is uh, (laughs) the faulty wiring in your closet. So, uh, (laughs) take that to court, motherfucker. God, just God bless him. Uh, I, Your I Honor, should my client really be expected to see tomato sauce stains in the dark? I don't think so. <laughs> now I'm just a simple country tomato sauce expert. But <laughs> in the dark, one cannot see brown spots on brown pants. Um, yeah, so I do love that cor- uh, that Tony was probably arraigned in dirty pants uh, because of his dipshit son. Who is 
too tired to um, get the right suit, but also thinks he can be a stepdad to Blanca's kid. And um, we'll, we'll see uh, in the rest of the season how that works out. But uh, another wonderful part of uh, AJ's storyline is him getting a call from Carmella and uh, <laughs> and lying to her about being at work currently. It's supposed to rain down there, so make sure that all the cellar windows are closed. Okay. And make sure you check the one by Dad's wine rack. Okay. Easy, big fella. That jacuzzi's bitchy. Who is that? It's Fran, the waitress. All right, look, we're really busy down here. You're at work? <laughs> yes. All right, I'm at the pizzeria. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. The jacuzzi in the tub's fantastic. Don't let us forget to wash the sheets, okay? Ugh, god damn. There's just um, something particularly what gross a about detail. a magic. <laughs> <laughs> I loved I'm very charmed. Oh, oh yeah. Personally. He wants uh, to be some... a parent, and he's still at the age when uh, mom and dad are gone, means I get to fuck on their bed, is still Yeah. <laughs> and we got to make sure to wash the sheets is just... Uh, that's just a level of disgusting that, um, you know, we should all be so lucky to someday have a wonderful child who grows up to be a fine boy who fucks in our bed and leaves um, semen stains slash. Well, I mean, to his credit, stain. the point is, is that he, he doesn't want to leave the semen stains. Yeah, that's true. That's true. To his credit, he wants to. Be and to his credit, like, you know, I mean, listen, we're recording this on International Women's Day. He wants to show a woman a good time. He doesn't want to. That's right. And, like I don't I don't remember what bed he has at this point in the series. It wouldn't be past him to still have like a race car bed, a thing of that nature. Yeah, and, you know, exactly a Slipknot um, theme bed. <laughs> yeah, precisely. You know, and he wants to. You know. Yeah, he's you know, refined what now. Is, he has what a is, kid. Exactly. You know, he he's got to have sex in the man bed, and <laughs> like a man, he's got to wash the sheets before his parents come home because they also sleep in that bed. Exactly. Oh boy. And then he lets in a bunch of people for a party that he's throwing at, uh, you know, at their fucking North Caldwell mansion. Um, yeah. So they go up to the lake and um, we we get into the entire cabin uh, origin story, which I thought was particularly interesting. And it's another like detail that I missed, uh, you know, in my initial viewings of it is like Bobby is telling Carmela and Tony about the origin story of the cabin. His father um you know has ties to montreal because their grandfather immigrated illegally through canada uh and he mentions anti-government or something like that um to which i could only uh imagine that bobby bacala's grandfather was a italian anarchist but mm -hmm. uh how can i know uh, yeah. I, I i don't know for sure but that is my second theory of the episode is bacco and vanzetti He's exactly yeah, yeah bacala <laughs> and Vanzetti. um but uh yeah and then they have an amazing uh an amazing line that happens uh, right at the end of this which i have a small clip of my pop bought this place because it was close to canada his father my grandpa come into the country originally through montreal illegally no kidding you wasn't ellis island your grandfather Nah, got mixed up in some shenanigans on the other side anti-government or something had a police record. They ought to build a wall now, though. I'm telling you. Amen. <laughs> oh, yes. Seamless. But yeah. The idea of uh, Bobby and Carmela, you know, it's like all these characters, you forget 
because it's 2007, you know, like what the immigration debate was at the time. So it just sounds like a, a recent political take. But you forget that people have been trying to build a wall or using that as their mantra for. Uh, for Although, the I don't know. Time. Like, I, part of me does think, though, now, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like at the time I would have treated that like a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was a it was a tossed off like, you know, it's like a, a th- like they were being hyperbolic, although it is obviously betraying their real like sentiments. Right. Um, and then like literally, but, you know, there was the whole I don't know if you know about the whole build the wall thing in Trump, but there was that, <laughs> um, which is a fairly. I've heard about it. Uh, yeah. So just that sort of. Yeah. It, uh, that struck me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it is absolutely consistent with the characters i mean uh the the types of people you know especially i mean you know we're talking about uh, italian americans or any like uh now white uh immigrant group uh all believing that despite the fact that like bobby's <laughs> grandfather was literally an illegal immigrant they're like yeah well we should build a wall because there's too many you know we don't want to put too many of those guys in here taking all the jobs um, so it, it, it works. Um, and then we get to the, uh, the wonderful Monopoly scene. Tony's birthday. They're having a good time. Yeah. Everybody, in- it starts off, uh, Carmel and Janice are like, Hey, why don't, why don't we open this bottle of wine? And then, uh, Bobby's like, why don't we open this grappa? And then it's like the grappa's out. Uh, and then pretty soon they're having old family arguments at the Monopoly table. Yeah, yeah. You know and what they say, liquor, some... liquor before grappa. Never. And then they have... Uh, <laughs> you the might have to fight your papa. Cutting. Yeah. <laughs> they, because basically... Uh, I forget what Jana says about Tony. What is it that she says that makes him then call her a slut? Uh, oh, oh it's, yeah. She, he, was, he was busting her... Or no, she was... He brought, she up, was busting, he, he brought up the fact that she recorded him fighting with his other sister right. and used it to like hold it against him, which apparently was a big no, no cause they're a mafia family and she, she used, she used a wire on them. Yeah. She used the wire. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, and then uh, they talk about the the time that Janice uh, fed Tony a milk bone, right. yeah. uh, <laughs> which he also didn't appreciate, which kind of actually ties into what you were saying, Noah, kind of about the, you know, like Janice, Janice is almost like um, Janice is to Tony as Tony is to Bobby, like when he was a kid. You know what I mean? Like uh, he would pretty much do anything that Janice said, like because he really did admire her. You know, it was a cool older older sister type. And the fact that, you know, he he I I think he unknowingly ate the milk bone. But still, it was uh, for him not to question it. It's a well, it's a very and also Tony Bobby like they're. Uh like you know they're just like both so deformed by their parents like yes like so you know they're both like these just like profoundly maladjusted people who literally cannot stop sniping at each other yes like they cannot (laughs) like set aside their bullshit they have the most pliant agreeable spouses in Mm -hmm. the world yes straight up and they cannot like settle their bullshit because you know they're both like you know 
psychos and they're psychos uh, they got the psycho gene they're both exactly precisely like you know it's like you know they're total fucking psychos and then you know like and then obviously you know what we what we learn is that it turns out there's like a little little bit of psycho in all of them right yeah i mean uh, both tony and janice are channeling livia the whole episode um in in different ways you know you have uh, Janice channeling it through like just her her constant like mealy mouthed insults like the way that she's able to like uh, jab at people and at, be like what what did I do what did I say <laughs> and uh, and Tony's like absolute self pitying throughout this episode is like they're both channeling Livia in different ways but um, but yeah Bobby is someone who. I think he put it perfectly when he says, you Sopranos, you go too far because <laughs> he he, yeah. he can't handle the level of insults. He can't that handle regular ball busting in a family. Can. Yeah. Yeah. It's for the same reason why you're like, yeah, of course, he's also never killed a guy like like this guy is uh, he's a softy at the end of the day. I like yeah. that when they do when she wins second prize at a beauty contest and it's like all right don't say anything tony and then yeah, you're, yeah. there's just a few beats where you're waiting you're like oh what is he what's it gonna be what's it gonna be and <laughs> and then when it comes it really he, he totally delivers boardwalk eye on it yeah, you blow guys under it i roll again okay second prize in a beauty contest collect ten dollars Go ahead, make your stupid joke. I got on the shade. Think I'll buy a railroad. A German shepherd shaved asshole won first prize. Oh. <laughs> Legitimately good joke. Yeah. Legitimately <laughs> yeah. funny. Because as you're waiting for it, you're like, well, what could he possibly right. say? It's not going to be that, that sh- clever. And it wasn't that clever, but like the, just the level of specificity the, and, the, yeah. and the mental image he painted. Like. He added just enough detail, and it really it made he made it sing. And oh, it, it's a great it's a great one. I yeah. I couldn't have in in no world would I been have been able to top that, especially with her preempting it. Um, but yeah, Bobby Bobby does not like it, and uh, the clip continues. What about my wife? You married her? She's my home. I'm not talking like that. It's okay, Bobby. Stay out of this. The Sopranos. You go too far. All right, you know, Jan, he's right. I'm sorry. I crossed the line. I apologize. Won't happen again. Maybe he's gonna be a bigger man and not and, and just let it drop there. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure he meant the apology. He can't. He he he, he will let them have the last word. Surely. Mm-hmm. Baby, under the boardwalk, <laughs> witty schlong and change my house. Under the boardwalk, and And again, like this, sh- like playing clips of the show on the podcast. Not only do they not lose anything, like they almost gain something because you really realize. Why the Foley guys called? Oh, they're working overtime. The yes. soundscape in the Sopranos is just fantastic. Oh, 
it's a great fight and um and unfortunately for Tony, it leads to him being beat up, and then um, he looked like he was going to win for a while there. I feel like he got a lot a of a lot of good licks in. If it wasn't for that fucking throw rug, yeah, he's not wrong. Hey. Oh man, just the the just the childish way that he continues to bring up the fact that he was at a disadvantage mm-hmm. after he lost the fight. It's uh I mean you can't let somebody with as low a center of gravity as Bobby have top position and I think nah. that is the you know that that's my takeaway. That's the big the lesson. Yeah. I would I yes, the lesson is that you shouldn't be topped by Bobby Bacala. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And uh yeah, so Tony spends the rest of the episode stewing um and uh like sitting in self-pity. And, uh, you know, yeah, tells Bobby that he would have won a few years ago and called it a sucker punch, which to which Bobby mentions, like, so it, it wasn't fair and square. What, what was it? Make up your mind, which I like this spicy version of Bobby where he still has yeah. enough pride to be like, last night you said I won fair and square and now you're not saying it. So just like make make a decision and I'll go with whatever you say, uh, which is uh He's found his, you know, he found his angle, uh, which to be a little bit spicy. So I, I appreciate that. The one thing um, I do question is I don't feel like any of them would have had very good memories of that fight because everybody was clearly, everybody's clearly shit faced when that fight happened, and I and they 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 all seem to have uh, like perfect recall of everything that went down, and uh, I feel true. like the memories would be fuzzier. I don't know, man. I feel like. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I never uh, I remember every single embarrassing thing I ever did while drunk and or high. So uh, I don't know. I feel like I'd remember getting my ass kicked in front of my wife. <laughs> Listen, Vince, uh, I know you're not a uh, a memory specialist, <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, here we we wear a lot of hats on this podcast, okay? <laughs> Lawyer, memory specialist, uh, mm-hmm. sauce guy, <laughs> chef, um, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. All right. So, uh, yeah, then we uh, we get to uh, the French Canadians, the osteoporosis pills. I'll give you a discount if you could whack my sister's ex-husband, who is, uh, according to my notes, a drummer. Oh, all right, uh, maybe. And uh, a possible Harpo, although some disagree. Um, and uh, yeah, and then Bobby has to uh, murder the uh, the poor, poor French Canadian. Bobby has to become a cool guy. Yeah, finally, the show is it like that. <laughs> I love that's him as a butterfly. He's finally he's cool. Says like, I mean I I, I do <laughs> the world's think best Sopranos audience members. Like, Hell yeah! There is definitely like another like they, there's a cut of this that they don't want you to know about, where mm-hmm. it's the song from Manhunter, um, like <laughs> strong as I am or whatever, yeah. and it's just like Bobby like ripping off that shirt in like slow motion and like you know fully becoming himself, and then putting a stocking over his head and 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 all that. Hey, they call me the dragon. I am the dragon, <laughs> but you call me insane. You are privy to a great becoming, but you recognize nothing. Go, go, go. Anyways, uh, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, he comes home instead, uh, not to the Manhunter theme, but instead to this magic moment playing uh, the classic song by, I don't know, Temptations? Uh, Drifters? Benny King? Pretend? Who knows? It's just one of those songs that I feel like I literally don't know who does it. I assume it's the Temptations or the Drifters. Uh, and it would be the second Drifters reference because they also did uh, Under the Boardwalk. He goes, he hugs his kids, and uh, we fade out. Fade to black. And that's the episode. Uh, There's one thing missing, though, which is uh, just the... Yes. That the is boat. the next segment in which I ask, is there anything that I missed? The boat. <laughs> oh, yes. The one so where they're sitting one... in the boat? Yeah, I mean, this is actually probably like a good segment just to put at the end anyway, because it's like the most obviously suggestive mm. and in my opinion, anyway. And I also think that like it's the most interesting one because sure. it's the first time like The Sopranos is very good at like making a lot of like, you know, like like weaving like uh, freighted decisions into the plot where you're not actually speaking the dynamics into existence, which is, you know, part of why you have the therapy scenes, because that's where that happens. But then right here in this moment, you get Bobby and Tony, you know, fishing on the lake, like, you know, talking and they're talking, you know, and and, and they're talking and, and, and Bobby is telling, you know, Tony about how he's never killed anybody and so on. Right. And they're talking about death. And Bobby asks, you know, like, like, you know, or they, 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 like, do you think it's, I think he asks, like, do you ever see, I don't, do you, do you think you, even it's see a it statement. He it's says, a statement. Yeah. You probably don't even hear it when it happens, right? Ask your friend in there on the wall. <laughs> and when he says, ask your friend in there on the wall, that's, he's uh, pointing out uh, like a deer, a stuffed yeah, deer. Yeah. It's like a dead, yeah. Like a thing that like Bobby had hunted him out on the wall. I mean, yeah. I, I, it, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's very, um, yeah, it's, you know, it doesn't have to say too much, but it says a lot. I mean, it doesn't, it's not filled with too much, but it says a lot, I think. Yeah, no, and and it is them sitting around having this incredibly morbid conversation about what comes next between, uh, you know, the business and then also what happens because it's uh, he said something along the lines of like, you know, seventy percent of the time you're it's you're either, uh, you know, in jail or dead. Um, and, uh, and Bobby's trying to <laughs> make the idea of getting shot to death sound like, well, listen, you don't even know when it happens. It'll just one day happen, which is a line that's often cited when people talk about the, uh, the infamous ending of the series, um, where, uh, they assume did Tony die? You d- he didn't hear it when it happens. So maybe that's what happened. But um, it's like, you know, like. One of the things, you know, the the nice things about The Sopranos is that, like, it's just like you can almost like diagram. It hits beats so, so perfectly across mm-hmm. the series that, like, you know, to my mind, like, you know, I'll, I'll leave it to the listener to decide what, you know, w- just how choose your own adventure they want to be with what they think right. the ending means. But there is this, like, very, you know, like the 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 what 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 you feel the sense of in this season is like the barrier between, you know, their, like, you know, materially satisfied and comfortable home life and this violent thing that is what sustains it. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's, it just starts to come off the rails, you know, and it, es- you know, it, it, you know, it escalates and it, it, it permutates in this very weird thing. But like, to me, there's a very, uh, 
like, you know, you can see, like, you know, the cracks in the edifice are all sort of revealing themselves, like, in, you know, yeah. internally, uh, you know, in the, in the, the, the in, at hearth, you know, in home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, he literally has got a, uh, a little home stuck on the side of his face. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> yes. covered in hearth. blood. I said hearth, but I think it's pronounced hearth. Oh, we, we, we mispronounce things all the time on this show, and uh, we stick with it forever because of it. That's what you got we to do. We went to Hearth Castle at, uh, in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. It was a good field trip. <laughs> my my penis hearths. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you Seamless. guys have... <laughs> thank you. Professional. Do you, guys, do you have a, a favorite scene or a least favorite scene or scene we didn't talk about? We talked about the scenes we didn't talk about. Uh, Vince... Yeah. Uh, so again, like I'm, you know, I'm bringing some personal stuff to the to the table here. Like I really like, like to me, this episode is very much about Italian dysfunction. And one oh, of my yeah. favorite, just small moments that we didn't talk about, is uh, Carm trying to uh, change the subject by bringing up like a little kid drowning in a pool. And <laughs> oh, oh, wait, and, wait, wait. And when she, and when she that's says, not Carm bringing up that subject. That is actually Tony bringing okay. that up. Yeah, but yes. then, but then, Carm, I think, adds the detail, like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. in a padded wheelchair, and just like the phrase, padded wheel, like he's in a wheelchair, but he's also like insane now. It's a padded room, <laughs> but made out of a wheelchair. <laughs> like the, pa- I had to stop because I was laughing so hard at the padded wheelchair line. It's just so perfect. It it is an amazing moment. It's very much the I feel Tony doing the Livia thing where like Livia would just randomly bring up like did you hear about the the new dead kids this week? You know, yeah. like she always that's, seems to I, find dead kid stories. I feel like that's I mean that's probably a Jewish thing too, but it's very Italian oh, yeah. to just well, like bring I mean, up I, I think that's, up just the most dep- morbid that's just a thing. depressed person thing. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> like you know that and that's what Livia and Tony have in common. Like that's like his mark of Cain that he got from his mom or whatever the fuck. Like yeah. you know this like this this depression you know again because the thing that he got from his dad is the psychopathic killing streak that enables Mm -hmm. uh material splendor and from mom (laughs) he got like depression and self-sabotage yes and 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 external uh you know intra you know like intrafamilial sabotage and social sabotage and uh you know also uh just being vindictive the vindictiveness is very specifically a a olivia trait and it's something that like livia says or sorry uh, carmela says outright when uh janice is low-key like implying that uh tony is is a vindictive person when uh, in the scene where um where tony uh takes bobby out for this like you know this whatever they're gonna do they pretend it's golfing you see the look in the face of both Janice and Bobby, and I. It's immediately followed up with that scene where basically she, uh, Janice is implying that Tony lies in waits, uh, you know, lies in wait for uh, sh- before striking, which says to me that she's not a hundred percent sure that Tony isn't about to murder Bobby uh, <laughs> because of the fight, um, and. Without talking about it, Carmela is saying, I'm 100% sure that Tony's not about to murder Bobby. That's what I think is going on. But that's just me. Sure. And I'm no lawyer. Yes. Um, my favorite scene is this one.
I feel like that is the alternate title of the episode is Love Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it just uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, My favorite scene is just the one at Tierney's. It's the, you know, it's I got to go with the hometown sh- uh, interior shot. Um, yeah. And also recently, Emma Roberts was photographed uh, having a drink there with somebody I, for, I forget whoever she was photographed with because she's in the tabloids but somebody which one's emma roberts uh eric Julia's roberts daughter. is yeah or eric's or, eric yeah. roberts's no, daughter, daughter right. yeah and this julia is a, roberts's oh, uh, niece. niece niece yeah oh, okay all right i didn't know there was a whole roberts i forgot eric roberts existed until this moment that oh, is wow. insane to me wow uh, yeah i didn't know i was like there's an eric oh yeah julia's you know, maybe Brother. you should talk to Vince. He's a memory specialist. <laughs> he knows a thing or two yeah, about member stuff. We can work it out. In case you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I did. If I had to give this episode a letter grade, and I do because I've set that as a standard uh, for this episode, I think I would. I love it. So I, I'm giving it a solid B plus. Vince, what would you give this episode? Yeah, I think I have to agree one? with Noah that this is one of the, maybe arguably one of the best of the series. Uh, and mm-hmm. therefore, uh, I give it a solid B plus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Noah, what what would you give this episode? I agree with myself as well. And uh, I'm going to go with a B plus. That's fair. B plus is all around a B plus episode of The Sopranos and another a plus episode of pod yourself a gun noah colwin thank you so much for coming on the pod and talking sopranos with us thank you for having me on and uh for people who want to know more about the next season of blowback uh brendan made a trailer that's on his twitter and on our twitter and there are going to be more details coming soon at www.blowback.show and it'll be coming out this summer and stay tuned for uh you know how it'll be released and more details uh all will be revealed uh very brendan i'm gonna i'm I'm saying that now but i think there's probably a good chance that brendan said that when he came on here so i'm just gonna reaffirm (laughs) it in that case yeah well, he he he, uh, he couldn't get into detail about uh, what it was going to be about, uh, and then the day uh, after he recorded the podcast, I saw the trailer, and it was about um, it was about uh, North Korea. Is yeah, that still so the case? It's the the th- the three letters of detail that I can mm. supply, and you can interpret them however you want. Sure, the Korean War. Ah, mm. oh, yeah, 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 yeah right. Okay, I'm very excited to learn about uh, about the Korean War. Well, good. Uh, all, all I know about the Korean War is that's the war that Don Draper fought in Mad Men, oh. and uh, changed his. Uh, you know, he he used to be uh, Adam Whitman. Anyways, this is another show. <laughs> I was gonna say, you guys, you know, you should uh, you should guys should do Pod Men next. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Pod only yourself it- some men. <laughs> that sounds good, man. Yeah, my Friday night. Hell um, yeah! All right. So, so check out uh, Noah Colwin, Brendan James on the marvelous po- uh, history podcast. Do you guys call it a history podcast? That's what I would. History, it. political history. You know, if we need yeah. to, if if some people need to be handheld into that kind of thing, but uh, yeah, you know, it it's uh, it's um, it's audio content. It's audio um, content. It's, it's a podcast. snackable, it's portable, mm-hmm. potable, mm-hmm. Um, no filter needed. 
And it's got um, some Sopranos clips in it, so it does. Yeah, that'll, it does. That'll keep a lot of these Sopranos um, listeners in, in yes, interested. Yes, you know, it's a it is a rich vein. Yeah, so check it out thank wherever you, you get your me. podcasts, thank and you. thank you, Noah Colwin. Thank you. Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all of the bonus episodes of the Frotcast, in which Vince and I talk about all sorts of stuff, movies, uh, fucking other things. Uh, and uh, the $8 tier gets you a shout out. Vincent is a brand new season. And because we took that small break, we have a lot of <laughs> $8 tier people. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're going to be doing it over time. So we're doing 10 right now. All right. Are you ready to, to do 10 names? Yeah. I got my nickname shoes on. Okay. All right. They're shoes now. Yeah. Right. They're shoes, gloves. Uh, okay <laughs> welding mask so the first is tucker batson oh he's the bat son <laughs> now we're gonna call uh we're gonna call this guy twilight because he's uh he's our robert pattinson's son he's the batman now this guy's yeah he's twilight look i got it yeah you got uh, it yeah next is dennis uh bear Berez- berezniak 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 we call this guy the slav <laughs> i like it mm-hmm. D- then is the slav okay uh after that we got uh nick nunez we call him nunez. nick the noon nick the noon mm-hmm. all right I, mean, yeah. I don't know you could uh, nick right, uh, nicky the noon he's nick always noon. coming around uh, around he's 12 always o'clock coming he's... at 12 on the dot you know. next we have mads larson mm, we call this guy happy oh i like that that's yeah, good the yeah. contrast Matt's happy Larson. Uh, all right. Next is Michael Heisler. Michael Heisler. More like Michael Eisner. We call this guy Disneyland. I was positive you were going to say more like Michael Gebeisner. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Disneyland's good. Uh, next is Alvaro uh, Lacayo. Lacayo. Al. Loco Al. We call this guy Crazy Al. Crazy Al, mm-hmm. Alvaro, Crazy Al, Lucayo. Um, next is Drew Glover. Yeah, we call it Drew Glover. More like Danny Glover. This guy's getting too old for this shit. We call him the Lethal Weapon. <laughs> oh, damn, that worked. Yeah, That's like a that. really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Mark Silverstein. Mm, Mark Silverstein. More like. We call this guy the Jew. <laughs> <laughs> more like shells we call this guy where the, the we call this guy the giving tree the giving tree yeah, yeah there, there we, we go. go yeah because he's giving us money Ugh, that was that yeah. was almost as good as the last one really yeah you're you're on a roll um next is eric just eric eric just eric like all e from entourage we call this guy pussy posse all right pussy posse that guy was a lot of people don't remember that guy was. Yeah, he was part of the Pussy Posse. Yeah, he was. Him and, uh, what was that? Ethan Suplay. Who is that? Ethan I don't, I don't, Suplay or Suplay or Supley? I, I don't even know that guy. That's a new guy to me. He's a big guy. He's the fat guy from American History X. Except he's oh. not fat anymore. He's pretty muscular now. He was in the Pussy Posse? Yeah. Whoa. Him? There's a lot e of weird videos, Entourage. I bet. Like home videos of him having sex with people. From back in the day. That guy who was dating Lauren Ambrose in Six Feet Under. I forget that guy's name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah. And Leo, famously. Yeah, well, obviously. But he was the source of the pussy. Yeah, he was the one who got all the pussy. 
in a posse. But it was so much posse they needed a posse man. to lasso it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Two more. Connor Devlin. Connor Devlin, more like Connor Hev- Heaven. Mm-hmm. We, we call we, this guy uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you would name him. Uh, we call this guy the Imp. The Imp? Yeah, one of those little devil guys with the little pitchfork. That's what they okay. do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like Sure. That. And finally, Mark Warden. Mm, the Warden. Yeah, we call this guy... What do we call this guy? Uh, you know... The Warden's too easy. Yeah, he's already the Warden. <laughs> we call this guy Hard Time. Hard Time. That's right. I like it, man. Mm-hmm. So those are all of the $8 shout-out patrons mm-hmm. this week. We have uh, a bunch more for next week. Um, and, hey, if you didn't hear your name, uh, it's shit. coming. Oh, yeah. yeah and, no, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> Uh, and hey, if we, you still don't hear your name after a while, tough feel shit. Free to, oh yeah, no. uh, or for if, tough shit, but also feel free to message me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Patreon.com/slash/broadcast or email for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Broadcast at gmail.com. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? Four one five two seven five zero zero three zero. Alrighty, everybody. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time. Don't stop believing. What's yeah. up, bitch? My name is L.A. Matt. I flap and flap and flap and in the ass with that guy. Gonna punch a bitch in the throat. <laughs> uh, you know? Bob Saget fell. He hit his head. It was real sad, but now he's dead. He's in heaven looking down at all of us like, Hey, guys, I make jokes that are gross, but I'm having a lot of... <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, tired. I can't believe it's the last season. That's too bad. Suck, bitch, eat dicks, fuck chicks, hey, licking clips, eat shit, fuck shit. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuckity, fuck. By Vin the Boner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.